Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. This is a topic that I have been looking forward to for weeks because this is a topic that you all ask me about over and over and over again. If I were to look at my messages, my emails, my comments, one of the questions that I get asked the most is about friendship. How do you find friends? What do you do when you feel like you just don't have any friends? It feels like no one's inviting you over and no one is wanting to get together. You're always initiating. What do you do if someone has hurt you and you don't know, should you hang on to this friendship? Should you walk away? How do you do that well? Well, Laura Tremaine is my guest today, and she has a brand new book called The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. And this book is packed with so much encouragement, inspiration, and practical advice that every single woman needs to read this. And I think it will challenge you and encourage you and inspire you. And Laura is going to bring her wisdom today and share about friendship. So Laura, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here with you in person. What a treat. This is so fun. And we have known each other online for a I don't even know how long, a very long time. And you're from Oklahoma originally. I'm from Kansas. So I feel like we kind of have that connection of, you know, living kind of somewhat close to um, each other. And then also just being in this blog world that has changed so much um, over, you said you started blogging when? Um, 2009. 2009. Yes. And so for me, it was 2005-ish. And so it's like we're the great grandmas of the blogosphere. But I'd love for you as we get started, um, just tell us a little bit about your family. Okay. My family lives in Los Angeles. I live in LA. So I did grow up in Oklahoma. I moved to LA sight unseen. I had never been there straight out of college. And I met my husband on a movie set. It's very LA Hollywood story. And we have two kids. Lucy is 13. My son Finch is 11. And we are just in the thick of like preteen, teen years. And then, you know, my husband, their dad is like a movie director. I'm writing books. Like it's just a lot of chaos. But that's what our family looks like right now. It's a really great season. Mm -hmm. 13 and 11. I love those ages, but it's also, I feel like there's so many hormones coursing through bodies and it's just every single day you're like, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this or handling this or excuse me, you said what? (laughs) Yes. Big feelings (laughs) abound in our house. I also am a person with big feelings. And so we have just a lot of emotion Mm. right now, but it's good. I really do love big kids. You know, I did not love the baby years that were really hard for me. I blogged through all of that season and actually blogging saved me in that season. Mm. I feel like I always talk about that, that blogging was one of the things that really anchored me and it gave Mm. me a voice in a time that was really hard for me. I had some postpartum stuff. I just thought babies were hard. I love big kids. Even these you know, things that are harder about teenage and preteen years is still to me preferable. And like, I'm just loving our family life in Mm. this 
moment. Mm. And I feel like they're still at those ages where they haven't quite, like they're not driving, their friends aren't driving. And so you still have like a little bit more of involvement in their life. And it's just, yeah, I, I, those are wonderful years. Okay. So this book, The Life Council, we were talking before we started recording and you were saying that you have heard the same thing that I have so many questions about friendship. Um, talk to me about why did you write this book? Well, so back in my blogging days, I feel like we just keep going back to that because it's really the root of some of this, mm. but I was really lonely when mm. I had these babies. Like I had been working full time before we started a family. And then suddenly I was home with a baby, a toddler. My kids are only two years apart. And I feel like I was at home and I didn't have any friends in Los Angeles. Now I had lifelong friends, childhood friends from Oklahoma, from college, from my summer camp days, all of those things. But I did not have local friends in LA and I was so lonely. And so when I started blogging and writing about that, like I was writing about motherhood because it was sort of a mommy blog, but I was also writing about how I didn't feel like I had any friends. I then started to make friends through my blog on the internet, but then I also really started writing about this topic of friendship. And it has come up for the last 13 years over mm -hmm. and over. I have listeners to my podcast or readers of that blog, readers of my books who come out and want to talk about friendship. Mm -hmm. And so finally, I decided I wanted to write this book that I felt like no one else was talking about friendship in this exact way. But I feel really ill-equipped to write a book about friendship because, like a lot of us, I've had some friendship stumbles, <laughs> I guess we'll call it. I've had some, you know, hard things about friendships mm -hmm. in the last few years. I'm not a friendship expert. I'm not a therapist. You know, I haven't, like, deeply studied this topic. But I really wanted to write about it. I felt like people really wanted to talk about it. And so I finally just said, I'm going to have to put some of my insecurities about this aside. I cannot wait until I get to like some perfect moment of perfect friendshipness to write a book about it. And so that's where this book kind of came from. I had had to, out of these years of loneliness, like kind of reframe how I thought about friendship, which was this life council idea. And I did want to put it into book form after all of these conversations online about how so many of us are struggling in adulthood with like making, keeping friends the way that we thought it would be. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to be what we all picture maybe, but nobody wants to say that out loud. Mm -hmm. And so I put it, I put it in a book. Why do you think that women struggle with this so much? Well, there's lots of reasons. I mean, First of all, I think when we first make friends, when we learn how to make friends, we are like school age. So we are young. We are maybe in school all day together or we're at church or we're in sports or whatever our life looks like when we're children. And friendship is sort of handed to us by proximity, right? Like we are just around people all the time. And so then it's, you know, becomes friendship. And, and we don't even necessarily notice when we're young that what is binding us is like an overall structure, school or sports, whatever. And so then when we get out of school age and we get into like regular life or we're working or we're married or we're starting a family and it's not handed to us by proximity, we're like, oh, this is something we actually have to work at, something we have to try to do. We don't think that it's just a logistical issue. We start to think it's like us, mm. like people don't like me or, you know, I'm not very fun, or, you know, no one wants to be besties with me, instead of realizing that it might not be us, it might be that the world has changed, our circumstances change in adulthood, friendship looks different, and we have to adjust. 
So I think that's one part of it. The other part of it is in these busy lives that I'm describing, we don't, we feel like we don't have time. Like if things are going to um, fall to the wayside, you're not going to put your kids aside. You're not going to put your marriage aside, your career aside. Like a lot of times it's friendship. And so when we just have our head down, we're doing the hustle of life, the grind of life. And then we look up years later and we're like, why don't I have any friends? And it's because we haven't really poured into mm. it. We haven't made it a priority. We thought it would happen really naturally. Like, oh, well, there's a lot of people around me. So those should be friends, right? And, and a lot of us, I feel like we look up after a busy few years and we're like, why am I lonely? Mm. Where did my friends go? Why are all of us just with our heads down doing our thing instead of really like making the effort and, you know, doing girls nights out or girls weekends or whatever it is. We, we feel like we don't have time for that. We don't have the finances for that, whatever. But if you go a full decade and you haven't done those things, then you are going to wake up and be like, I feel alone. I don't feel known. Mm. I don't have someone to text in an emergency. And now what? I can relate to that so much. So my husband and I grew up in this small church. We were homeschooled and our church was our social life, our families and our church. And so when we got married and then six months after we got married, we moved away for him to go to law school. It was just Topeka, Kansas, but it was two and a half hours away and it could have felt like it was LA or something. I mean, it was very different, but at the same time, it's like we were not seeing these people that we were used to seeing every single day or multiple times a week. And I remember thinking, oh, I got to figure out how to do this friendship thing. I, it's not just going to happen naturally. And it was this very surreal moment of, oh, how do I even do this? I have no idea. And so just like you were saying, and then also, I think the pandemic for me was kind of one of those seasons where it felt like we didn't see people mm-hmm. for a long time. And I just was like, when we stepped out into the world again, being like, everything's changed. And it was almost as if I had to start over again mm-hmm. and really being intentional because recognizing that a lot of things had changed in relationships. And if I didn't start putting forth a lot of effort, it wasn't just going to happen. The pandemic took so much from us that we are only just now figuring out. And friendship is one of these big pieces. So obviously not only was there the isolation piece where we like physically didn't see people, there's also the big divide between how people felt about things. Like, you know, and they would post about it. So then we would feel like really far apart from them if we disagreed with what people were posting about. We also missed this physical touch part. Mm-hmm. I really missed this. When I saw my friends after a long time, you're like, should we hug? Should we not hug? Being scared to like touch one another and feel affection for one another, that's like a mental game that is playing into a lot of these things. So like there's a lot of pieces of the pandemic besides just the most obvious ones of like, well, we didn't see each other for a while. (laughs) There's also these other like mental and emotional tolls that it took that I feel like we are going to feel in our friendships for a long time. A lot of people came out of that season feeling extra lonely, extra unknown, like they weren't with their people anymore. They disagreed with their people or they, you know, lots of things that came out of that. And we're, I feel like we're just not kind of beginning to unpack that a lot of our relationships changed. Mm. 
So in this book, you talk about 10 friends every woman needs. We can't, we don't have the space here to go through all of them, but I'd love for you to just hit on a few of these friends that every woman needs, because I think probably some people are listening going, 10 friends? You mean I got to go out and find 10 people that everyone, that feels like a lot. Okay. So I do not want people to be scared by the subtitle. 10 friends every woman needs. This is not a directive. Like you do not have to go out and make 10 friends. If you do not currently have 10 friends or you've never had 10 friends at one time, that is okay. The 10 friends of the Life Council is over the course of your life. Mm -hmm. So there's specific friends I write about that are like seasonal. You know, you're not always going to have a mentor. You're not always going to have a business bestie if that's not what your life looks like. You know, so there's different ones that, um, are just going to be specifically seasonal. So you're looking at 10 friends over the whole of your life that I feel like will bring like of the life council idea, which is kind of based in like a board of directors for a company. If you had a board of directors for a company, you would specifically choose people who had different strengths. So maybe you had somebody who was really good at finances. Maybe you had someone who was really creative, someone who was really good at HR. You would stack your board of directors to make your business grow best with these kind of different expertise. Same is true for a life council, only I did it with friends. I picked different type of friends that will like make up a life council for you that will bring like there's fun, there's wisdom, there's history, like all these different things that can bring to your life instead of it just being one person. Because here's the thing. I feel like a lot of times, and this is one of the ways I think we get adult friendship a little bit wrong, is that we think we're supposed to have like one bestie or one soul sister or like a childhood friend who's known us forever. All of these different things that we think are supposed to be, and we're trying to put them all in one person. Like we need our our best friend to know us on a spiritual level, but also be like really funny, but also be nurturing, like all of those things. And that's a lot to put on one person. I wouldn't want my friends to expect me to be all of those things. And so looking at a lot of our friends and being like, you know what she's really good at? She's really good at having fun. She puts together the mom's night out. That is a great way for that to be our friendship. I do not need my fun friend to also be the one bringing all the wisdom. Maybe I have this other friend who is so good at, you know, parenting and family life. And she's like a mentor to me in that way. But she might not be traditionally fun, if you will. I mean, maybe she is. But you know what I mean? Like we can look at different people and say, oh, this is what she brings to my table. And this is what I bring to hers because this is what my strength is because I'm not everything either. And so kind of looking at our friends as our strengths, instead of looking at a friend that we're sort of friends with, but we, but we think, yeah, like, I don't know, we're not going to be like spiritually deep. I'm not going to have a deep conversation with her. She can still be an important part of your life council because she's just bringing something else. Mm. And when we see the strengths in one another, because it's not just about you stacking your own life council. It's also about you looking about you know, what you are to other people. When we like do that, it elevates everyone, right? It doesn't mean that it doesn't leave anyone out. It's not exclusive. It's not just like, oh, you and me, ride or die forever. I don't know that that's what adult friendship looks like for most of us. And so I wanted us to like look around at our landscape of people that are already there, coworkers, neighbors, the sports mom who's always in the bleachers with me, all of those people who are around that we might just dismiss to be like, well, I mean, I don't, she's not really like my people. I don't think she's going to be my bestie and be like, oh no, but actually you see her every day or every weekend or whatever. So why can't she be 
a great companion and friend to you in this season. And that's all it is. She doesn't have to be everything to you till the end of time. It's sort of elevating all of our friendships and all of the women around us that are there. I think that if we look at it that way, it will make us less lonely in general. Mm. Because these people are in our life. They're already there. I love that. And I was thinking how it lowers expectations, which I feel like so many times when I told you before we started recording that I have a string of broken relationships in the past of things that I've I've done poorly and there's been hurt and there's been hard times. And I look back and I really feel like a lot of it was expectations that I put on someone that they didn't live up to or expectations that someone put on me that I didn't live up to. And then it ended up that those expectations were dashed and then there was disappointment. And a lot of times we just weren't able to kind of go through that disappointment and become stronger. And, Mm -hmm. and so I love how this is kind of lowering the bar for people, but also letting us really appreciate others for their gifts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life and the way that we think and the way that we raise our kids in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, If that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com slash crystal pain today and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash crystal pain. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. I got to try out Armoire, and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years, and this one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is and it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But 
Also, I was super impressed within what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, so I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size, and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out Armoire. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style forward slash crystal. That's Armoire Style, A R M O I R E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than HomeThreads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter. From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from HomeThreads and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office and it just adds the perfect touch and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from HomeThreads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order. Because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's homethreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. Homethreads, love where you live. How do you know, like immediately as you were talking, I was thinking for me, like who am I to other people? Like I want to be my best self with other people. And so how do you focus on making sure that you're bringing that to your relationships? Okay. Well, a couple things about that. One is I love that people are reading this book together and then they can tell each other. Mm. Or you can just look at the like sort of list of the different types of friends, password protectors, daily duty friends, old friends, new friends, all the lists of friends that I write about. And I share who these people are in my own life in the book. But if you're reading it with someone, you can be like, you know, I see you as this. You are my daily duty friend. You are my mentor. Like that is also a way to affirm one another, sort of talk through what we see, you know, in each other, our strengths. The other thing is if you, you know, haven't read the book yet or you're not going to read the book with a friend, to just notice what your strengths are as you're doing them. So let's say a friend is sick and you have the one, the someone who might bring her a soup, make a homemade soup. It's like amazing. Go leave it on her doorstep. And you're like, I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yep, that's not me. <laughs> That is not me. I am apparently not the nurturing friend. <laughs> but you know what you might be? You might offer to pick up her kid from school that mm. week and be like, you know what? I'm like sort of more of a logistical friend mm-hmm. in this moment. Like I can pick up your kids. I can do any of that. I'm not going to make you soup. And noticing for yourself, maybe giving yourself some freedom to stop ever making soup literally ever again. And just being like all these, sometimes we put these things on ourselves that are like expectations, mm. like you're saying of like, why. Well, 
I'm supposed to show up in this way. I'm supposed to do this or that. A good friend does this or that. And maybe seeing, you know what? I light up when I can help you do this. Mm -hmm. This other task of friendship is really hard for me. It's not my natural gifting. Like I'm going to lean into my strengths. I'm going to be the friend that always carpools when people are having problems because that's my strength. I have the freedom in the afternoon. I have the big car, whatever. And see that as a strength instead of being like, I'm not going to slave over the stove. I cannot cook. I'm terrible at this. Noticing your own strengths mm. as you go through friendships is like, it was an eye opener for me because like I said, I have had my own friendship struggles over the last couple of years. And one of those big struggles was I am a really terrible communicator. <laughs> now, not in person. I like to communicate in person, but like I get too many texts, too many DMs, too many emails. Like I probably because I work online is a big part of this, but all this incoming communication for me was really difficult. And so I would just not get back to people ever. And it really harmed some of my friendships. Like I can mm. sort of laugh at it now because I've really tried to to fix it and um, sort of see how I can not damage relationships in that way. But it, let me just tell, give you a pro tip. It is not great to never text friends back ever. <laughs> like, I don't want to be known as mm. the friend that's unreliable in mm. that way. Like, don't even bother. She won't write you back. That is not the energy that I want to bring to my friendships. So I had to sort of notice in myself, like, hey, I'm the one that's dropping the ball here. And yes, I'm getting a lot of incoming communication and I need to sort of triage what's happening with my communication, but I don't want to continue damaging my friendships because I'm overwhelmed all the time ever. Like I also need to make some adjustments because friendship is work like any other relationships. And you can't just be like, take me or leave me. You know, this is, this is who I am and I'm not going to change for anyone. Mm. Well, the person that says that isn't going to have a lot of good, deep, friendships. I mean, you do have to notice your own behavior as we're talking about strengths and what we're bringing to the table. You also have to notice what some of your weaknesses are and what might be hurting people. And for me, it was that I was just ghosting people left and right. Mm -hmm. And I finally had some friends kind of call me out on it, to be honest. I had friends who were like, listen, it hurts my feelings that you haven't written me back. I had one friend who had an ill parent, was really going through a hard time. And she finally was like, it it's hurtful to me that you have not checked in on our family. And I'm like, you're right. I cannot believe I haven't checked in on your family. And I had a list of excuses for how busy I was that month, but there was nothing more important that I was doing. That was more important than checking in on a friend. And, and by that, I mean like shooting a quick text wasn't like a, a high bar. And I was just dropping that ball. And so I had to sort of notice, okay, this is the type of friend I am. This is what's damaging my relationships. Like, how can I work within it? And well, I don't know if I got off topic of the original question, but I really did want to share that because I feel like I want everyone to know that, that I'm not perfect at this. None of us are perfect at this. We're going to drop the ball and we have to just like sort of notice what type of friend we're good at being, what type of friend we want to be, what type of friends our friends are being to us. Like noticing, like you were saying with the different expectations, it all starts with like paying a lot of attention to it. Because back to what I was saying at the beginning, like we can just go months and not pay attention to any of this stuff. And it does damage relationships. And in the bigger picture of our life, we want to be good friends and we want to have good friends. And that starts with like paying attention. So I have a follow-up question. When you talked about, you know, 
recognizing that you were ghosting people and recognizing that was something you needed to work on. How do we know the difference between, okay, this is an area where I'm weak in and I need to work on because this is something that's important to someone else, or that's just not, I'm never going to be the person that they're wanting me to be. And so I just need to be able to communicate that. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I think in my instance, if I could say to all of my friends, like if I could have taken a tact where I was like, listen, you guys, I can't text. I'm terrible Mm -hmm. at it. I get too many incoming, you know, communication. We have to figure out another way for our friendship to be, but we can't just let it go on like this. I could have done that. And I actually have a friend who never texts and never emails. (laughs) She, she communicates in other ways. She's an in-person kind of gal and like she's, but she's made it really clear as opposed to just like dropping that ball the time. For me, I had to be honest about like, this is 2023 and this is how friendships are going right now. And I may not love it, but this is something that I can fix. It is a very small thing to make my friends feel like I care about them because I do Like for me, it was a matter of matching how I felt in my heart with what my actions were. Mm. And my actions were not matching what was in my heart. I was feeling a lot of affection from them, but how would they ever know that? I was never communicating it. In fact, I was like opposite. I was not communicating with them for weeks at a time. That did not match how I felt about them in my heart. So I had to fix that. To me, it was obvious, like, and we all have to examine this for ourselves, but it was obvious to me that it was something I could fix versus the soup example, for example, where you can be like, yeah, I'm never going to be good at making soup. Like, I'm not a nurturer. I'm going to have to show love in another way. I feel like we kind of innately know what our own strengths are and what we are able to fix, like texting back, and what we're never going to be able to fix and sort of like being a little more transparent about that. Mm. I, I found that kind of being upfront with people, like this is the kind of friend that I am. I'm very loyal. I care very deeply, um, you know, and just communicating that. And also if, if a friend is going through a hard time, I find it to be really helpful to send them a text of here's what I can offer you, mm-hmm. you know, like saying, I know that life is really hard right now. Um, next Tuesday afternoon, I'm completely free. I can run errands for you. I could come over and just sit with you. I could um, watch your kids so you could go out or, you know, just offering them. But really for me to think through what can I do instead of just being like, let me know if you need anything, but Mm -hmm. really giving specific examples that helps me also to think of what am I able to do? What do I feel confident in doing for them. And I think that's helped me to know, okay, I'm not the friend who's going to make you the pot of soup, but I have figured out how to do DoorDash. You know, I can send them soup or I can, um, you know, go do something to help them in a practical way or just send them encouragement. For me, that's something that I feel like I just checking in on them. Um, I actually put on my Google calendar, like reminders to myself for if I talk to a friend, like one of my friends, she's fostering, she has court tomorrow. And I, when we had, when we texted about it a few days ago, I just went and put it on my calendar as a reminder. So, cause I might not remember, but it's important to me. Like you say, your heart matching your actions. It's important to me to show up for her with just a simple text tomorrow of how did court go? I'm praying for you. Um, and so, being proactive about putting it on my Google calendar has been really helpful for me because otherwise I will think that I want to remember, 
but then actually remembering oftentimes doesn't happen. Well, and from a life counsel point of view, if you're the person that's sick, let's put ourselves in the position of the person who's sick and you have one friend who's offering to do errands for you and one friend who is going to bring you the soup because that is someone else's talent cooking, right? And then one friend who's going to pick your kids up from school and bring them home. That's what a life counsel is. Instead of sitting in the place of like, nobody's helping me, you know, I don't have anybody because nobody brought you soup. Instead of seeing like, oh, but I did have a friend offer to pick up the kids and I did have a friend offer to do the errands. Sometimes you have to like maybe ask for what you need, like the person who's going to bring you soup. You're like, actually, what I really need is carpal. (laughs) You know, sometimes you have to like have that conversation in friendship. But I do think sometimes we throw ourselves a pity party of like, well, I don't have anybody that's helping me or, or whatever. And we sometimes need to open our eyes to see like what is being offered to us. And that is what the life council, that's what the whole idea is, is what is around us and then what we can offer to others when we're not the sick ones, when, when our other friend is. And that is like the whole point of the book. And I go through specific personality types. So maybe you can see yourself in the different types of friends I lay out and be like, ah, that is what I am. Actually, I am great at sending encouragement. Like you said, I am great at being one of the friends that's called a password protector. I'm the secrets with me are in a vault. Like that is something I'm really good at seeing yourself in the different friends while you're also trying to figure out who that is in your life. It's such an interesting exercise as you're reading through the book, because a lot of times we just don't Think of it like this way. Pop culture portrays friendship like as a certain thing. It's like forever deep, you know, ride or die, like friends since childhood, all of those things. And I hope that we have some of those friends, but that might not be what all of your friends look like in certain seasons. And so I just want people to sort of see themselves in the book and notice like, actually, this coworker that I have, like, it's really valuable to me that we eat lunch together every day even though we're really different. And like, I'm not going to invite her to my birthday party. She's not like that type of friend, but it's an intimacy to people that you see every single day. Like they know you. And like, isn't that amazing to sort of honor that and see like, oh, she's not just the random coworker. We do have lunch. We do chat about our kids, whatever. Like she sees me every day. My best friends don't see me every day. You know I mean? That's that's a relationship in my mm. life that I sort of want to like give a little more respect to maybe. And and when you start to see the world that way, it's it, it changes all of your relationships. It did for me, like in the years leading up to writing this book and then finally writing it, it was like a total reframe for me from my lonely years of what I wasn't doing to see life this way, what I wasn't doing to make new friends. It like really opened up the way I see certain friends, like, oh, I wish we were closer. Instead of thinking that, thinking like, you know what I really love about our friendship is this. Mm. And it just, it can just really be a reset. Before we started recording, we were talking about like mindset shifts. It w- has been big for me to have a mindset shift around my friends. Mm. And I think that so many people who are feeling lonely right now with because I'm sure you hear from people a lot who they're just longing for more community, more relationships, more friendships. This would help them to see life in a different light. And as we close, I'd love for you to speak to that woman who she's feeling today. She's listening to this. She's like, this is good. But Laura, you don't understand. Like I have tried so hard to build relationship, to build community, to make friendships. And it just feels like every single time it doesn't work. And I'm just 
I'm just done trying. I'm so lonely, but I'm just done trying. What would you say to her? Well, I'm so sorry to people who feel that way. And I have been there and I know what it feels like to feel really lonely. Those were the days that are the root of this book for me. Like it was a decade ago, but I remember it freshly. And it is why I started talking about friendship on the internet. So there's two things that I want to say to lonely women, two things that I say in the book. One is there is no friendship fairy. You do have to continue trying. They're just not going to drop friendship on your doorstep. And then the second thing that I say in the book is we are not friendship dating for friendship marriage. Mm. Okay. You do not have to be looking for your bestie. You do not have to be looking for your friendship soulmate. We all need to hold this a little bit loosely with new friends. When we're in a new community, when we're in a new era that we're trying out, hold it a little more loosely. Cast your net wide. If you try and it doesn't really work with someone, it's okay. It might not be personal. She might be super busy. She might be having her own stuff going on. And like, it doesn't mean that it's about you. Hold everything a little more loosely because I think that when you are desperately wanting friends, and I say this from a place of knowledge, when you're desperately wanting anything, when you hold it so tightly, it does not attract the type of friends that you really do want. When you can stand in your own self a little bit and be like, I know I would be a good friend. I have all this capacity in me to be a good friend. And I'm going to wait for that friend to come along. And I'm just going to be myself and do the work to make that happen. Then it will. Now, I know that that's really hard. It's really hard to hear that message because you're like, but I'm trying. And I get that. But if you can just be like, you just have to keep trying, but also maybe like loosen up about Mm. it. And just be like, I'm just going to enjoy the companions that are in my life. Like I said, the the friend in the, you know, the, the woman that's in the bleachers with me, the woman, the neighbor that I see on a walk every day, like just sort of noticing that those are wonderful people in your life, even if they're not your besties, will start, I think, to sort of loosen your grip of I'm this narrative that you might have of I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm unlikable, nobody wants to be friends with me, nobody reaches out to me when I'm sick. There might be some logistical truth to it, but a lot of it can also be like sort of tangled up in our head. And it's really hard for us to move forward when we're in that space. Mm. So much wisdom to just release our hands and start loving people around us. Like that's the thing I found the less that I focus on myself and like what I'm not getting from other people. And the more I start looking at who is around me and the gifts that are around me, and what I can give to others, it feels like that is where it's really opened up a lot of friendship doors for me. So thank you, Laura, so much for writing this book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. I am excited to finish reading it. I'm excited for my audience to get this book in their hands, and I feel like this is going to change friendships around the world. And I just appreciate you putting yourself out there, even when you felt like, I don't know, this is a lot, this is vulnerable, but you went ahead and you did it and it's going to just bless and help so many people. Oh, thank you so much, Crystal. That means so, so much to me that you would share me with your audience because I know that we both feel passionately about this topic. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 